You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, it's Tuesday, which means it's time for coaches meeting. Let's go talk to Coach Fisher on what he has to prepare for for this Tennessee team and to close out the season. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So before we go into Jimbo Fisher's press conference, there's a report going out talking a little bit about the college football playoff implications, and I just want to get people's opinion on this. Now, this does not mean this is what's going to happen, but... I went back and I did a little bit more research yesterday and I looked into why Ari Wasserman of The Athletics said why Texas A&M had no shot to go to the college football playoff. Well, according to what he meant and according to what he was told by multiple people, it's looking more and more like USC will actually have the shot to go to the college football playoff because they will be the winner of the Pac-12. Here's the reason I find that a little challenging overall. It's not that I don't agree that USC has been good. In fact, I'm one of the very few people on this podcast and I'm probably in this network that thinks that USC is deserving of a shot if we're going to put Ohio State in for a shot. That's where the problem lies. Ohio State does not deserve a shot. Ohio State does not have enough games on their schedule. And USC also does not have enough games on their schedule. What I will say is the difference between Ohio State and USC is USC is a Keldon Slovis away from being 0-5. There are a wide receiver in, I forget his name, Amon St. Brown away from being with Calvin Slovis probably, you know, two and three. And Clay Helton is two losses away from being fired as the head coach for the Trojans. They're not a good football team. And the problem with that is that when you look at the college football playoff picture in general, and everyone was talking about this, and and I saw this yesterday, and I get it, I understand why do we not expand to 18s? Why keep it at four? Well, I understand why it's four. Because that by the time the season's over, and by the time we see those semifinal games, four teams really are enough. Because usually one gets blown out, one's close, and then in the championship game, either one's blown out and the other one's close. I mean, that's the reality of it. And that's really when you think about it. So you look at Ohio State and you look at USC, and while neither of them probably deserve to be in the college football playoff conversation, both will likely get the shot as either the number three or four seed. And if they do, they're likely face off against Alabama, who probably will destroy Florida on Saturday. If they do destroy Florida, they're guaranteed the number one seed, which means whoever faces them at number four is in for a rude awakening. Making that game against Clemson versus Notre Dame, which probably won't happen. It probably will actually end up being... Notre Dame versus Alabama, or it will be Alabama versus Clemson, and they'll make it Ohio State versus Notre Dame. That will likely be the closer of the two games, which then leads to the national title game, which, in my opinion, if it's not Clemson in that national title game against Bama, Bama's going to steamroll whoever they play. If it's not Texas A&M getting their shot. But my entire point of this is, A&M, you look at their schedule, they are a better team than USC. 
There's no denying that. The difference between A&M and USC is one will not have a loss on them, and one will have a shot to win the Pac-12. But what's funnier about this is, I still feel like Clay Helton is coaching for his job this weekend. Now, I know this is an A&M podcast, but let me just break this down. Washington, with Jimmy Lake, was supposed to go to the Pac-12 championship. Because of a high strand of COVID testing, they have opted out to win the Pac-12. Instead, Oregon with Mario Cristobal, another name to watch for in the Auburn committee race, will now face them. If Auburn, I mean, if Oregon is able to go defeat USC after USC has struggled all season, I mean, you look at some of their games. Three of their games came down to final minute touchdowns by Slovis. You look at all their games. This is not a program that's looking to be top 10 blue collar, blue blood, exactly what you want for something that's as historic as USC. I mean, USC football, in my opinion, since the 1980s has been such a historic program. If not before that with, you know, players like OJ Simpson. He's got to be coaching for his life this weekend because if originally his game plan was to face off against, you know, a more veteran-proven Washington team. Now he's going to be facing off against a freshman quarterback who possibly could be the future of the Pac-12 if Mario Cristobal does stay. But on top of all of that, it's just funny to me how we talk about USC being Pac-12 champions and they don't deserve they deserve to be in. No, they don't. They deserve to go to go to a good bowl game. I would love to see them face off against like a Cincinnati, uh, a Florida, a Indiana. I think that'd be a great Rose Bowl matchup if they get the win. But they don't deserve to be in the Cottswell playoff conversation. At this point, it comes down to six teams and really five. If you're if we're being completely honest, it comes down to five. It comes down to the four that's in in Texas A&M. That's it. Ohio State gets creamed. You have a reason to put in Texas A&M. Ohio State, you know, wins. We get it. Clemson gets creamed. You have a reason to put in Texas A&M. Clemson beats Notre Dame. I get it. It's a really tough strategy. But unfortunately, this argument that USC is going to somehow jump over A&M is a joke. And it shouldn't be taken seriously by any Aggie fan. If you have to worry about anyone this weekend, you are for sure a Notre Dame fan. It doesn't really matter who you are in the SEC anymore, but honestly, I'd root for Alabama just for the sheer fact of Florida gets steamrolled by them, and you got steamrolled by them. Well, at least it looks a little bit better. It looks a little bit better that Alabama loss, especially if you only lose by 28 and uh, Florida loses by like 40. It makes your Florida win look a little worse, but it makes your Alabama loss look a little better. So it all evens out. At the end of that, I also think that you need to be a, of course, Northwestern fan. Go Wildcats. Anyone in journalism understands? Go Wildcats. The holiday season is right around the corner, and what's a better gift than relaxation to give to someone in your family? With the way that the world is today, always feeling like you have to be on the go, 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 and never having some nonstop action... People just want to relax and have a nice cold beer every once in a while. And that's why I recommend when you do grab a beer, grab one that's literally made to chill. That'd be Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, they are the official watch party for any Texas A&M Aggie sport. 
Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold brewed, and of course, cold packaged. Made by the great people at the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. And those blue mountains on that beer can will tell me that my beer is going to be cold and crisp as the Rocky Mountains themselves. Listen, we have a big weekend ahead. We have college football championships going on. And we all know we're going to have a one too many probably while celebrating a big time win. That's why I recommend grab the beer that's literally made to chill. You're not going to find another one out there. I grab a Coors Light because it's the one I want to use when I relax. So when you need to hit that reset button, you should grab one as well. Go get Coors Light at the new Coors Light delivery look system at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Lock on Aggies presented by the Lock on Podcast that we're Cole Thompson back in action. Talking about big sexy men. Guys, you your opinion on this. If you like quality podcasts around your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network is over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league this upcoming weekend. But more on any of that, college football is coming down to a close. Everything is going to be focused in on bowl games, where players are going, who is doing what. All of those things are things you're going to have to want to look out for. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I mentioned this earlier. Jimbo Fisher has talked a lot about the college football playoff. And what I mean by that is he hasn't actually talked any bit about it. He hasn't let it worry him. And that's exactly what he said and what he kind of went through when he brought it up in his opening press conference on Monday afternoon. Hope we have a great week of preparation. Thought we had a really good week of practice last week. Got a lot of fundamentals worked and some things got uh, got on things and uh, uh, got thought we got better. Hopefully we will. Hopefully we can show it on the field. I uh, need to have a great week of work this week against Tennessee. Tennessee had a very good win this weekend. Uh, this team is a, is a talented football team. You look at them uh, inside, very physical, big, strong guys on the defensive front. Don't get moved very well. Edge rushers can edge and rush. Uh, guys can hold the point. Backers very active, athletic, good ball skills. Secondary multiple looks, very aggressive. Play very physical in the secondary. Good ball skills. Uh, tackle well. Uh, offensively, uh, back Gray is a really good player. The receivers are athletic, big, strong. Get vertical down the field. Can run lines big, strong. Uh, the young quarterbacks come in and did a really nice job for them the last couple weeks. Oh, we need to play very well. Tight ends are good, so they're coached very well. Special teams. Uh, you know, run some fake punts, good return guys like to return out receivers and guys are dangerous in, in the return game. Uh, they come at punch, try to block them, uh, do different things. So, I mean, we're going to have to play an A game. We're going to be a tough SEC road game. We need to play very well, we need to practice very well and have a great week of preparation this week to go on the road and, and play a good Tennessee football team. You notice how nowhere in that conversation he mentioned the college ball playoff. And even though there's a ton of teams that actually will be waiting to find out what bowl game they'll be going to, a&M is playing this week. It's because if he already knows the answer to this. There's no chance that A&M can control their own destiny. They are now playing victim to a team that doesn't deserve to be there. And on top of that, they're playing victim to another team that has one loss on the year. But if you flip the losses, would that other team be even ranked? There's the difference. And that's another thing that I want to bring up real fast. Is when you think about Clemson versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame a team that has been a fraud multiple years. Not to say Notre Dame is not good. Notre Dame is a blue blood school. I love Notre Dame. I think they are fantastic. And what Brian Kelly has done, he is now, I think he's only one or two wins away from being the all-time winningest coach behind uh, after before Newt Rockney in program history. Good for him. 
But Notre Dame has always been kind of an 8-4 team disguising themselves as a 10-2 or an 11-1. And then when they play against real competition, they get blown out. So if Clemson plays with Trevor Lawrence that night instead of DJ Uganalele, do they win? Probably. Is Notre Dame number four? No, they are not. I think A&M is number four. But again, because of how COVID is gone and how everything is going, Fisher's not worried about it because he really can't be worried about it. Not to say that he shouldn't have, you know, the thoughts of the college football playoff on his mind, but he has a game ahead against a Tennessee team that even though a lot of people were high on at the very start of the year, has been god-awful. But flip it around, a lot of people also thought that South Carolina was going to be god-awful and they beat Auburn. A lot of people thought that Auburn was going to be a top-five team, and look how they ended up. Now that's what I'm talking about. Any given Saturday, anything can happen. So Fisher's mind is actually on Saturday's game against Tennessee, and that's where it's always going to be because here's why also. He mentioned, very first question, that's always going to be asked, what's your thoughts on the college football playoff? He shut that down immediately. No, see, it, it, no, not at all. And listen, where you do in, in postseason depends on what you do in season. In season's not over. We discuss that when we're done. We have to handle in season. We need to play well and prepare well, and then, then we'll handle our business and make decisions. Think about those Tell them what I just told you. You control where you're going to go based on what you do. And, you know, guys are either going to believe it or not. Our guys have done a really good job of doing that, eliminating the clutter and blocking it out. Those things are all they're all poison and because they don't help you. What helps you is how you practice and how you play and how you prepare. And that's what it's got to get down to. And I think we've done that all year. Hopefully we'll do it one more time for the, for the postseason. And we've done a really good job of that this season. And the maturity of our team has allowed us to do that. I know it's a tad crazy. But did anyone else hear a sliver of Nick Saban's voice in that audio clip? I mean, his actual voice. Not like what he would say during a moment like this, but his actual voice. There's one part where it kind of sounds like Nick Saban. But also, it sounds like Nick Saban. Saban, for years, when I was in college, talked about how the college ball playoff is something that you focus on when you're there. You don't focus on it while you're ahead. And I know a lot of Aggie fans are probably sitting here going, well, you know what? We're going to steamroll Tennessee. And once we do that, we should be considered for the college football playoff. You should. But the difference is, is that you have to get there first. And it's not to say that you won't get there. And it's not to say that you're not deserving of getting there. But you have to get there first. That always has to be the priority. Is getting to the big game. And you can only do that by playing well during your regular season games. So every single time you take a snap, you can't have a fumble. You can't have a drop pass. You can't have a missed tackle. Precision on point. P-O-P. It was something that my coach always said because here's why. When you're on point with your precision, even if you are a fraction late, That fraction is the difference between a first down and a fourth down. Every time. Jimbo Fisher says the same thing. He knows where everything is, and he knows exactly where his players' minds are. Oh, well, well, we're a game away from the college football playoff. And you know what? There's implications to where Florida made us look bad, so now Northwestern has to make, you know, Ohio State look bad, which means that, you know, also Oregon needs to be upset, you know, USC. No. Play your game. Be good at your game. 
play to the best of your ability and tune them out. Tennessee has nothing to play for except pride at this point. It's going to be their last game for some of these seniors. It's going to be potentially Jeremy Pruitt's last game if the team really wants to go in a different direction after the implosion from last year. And it's going to be a moment where everything you see from this you know club, they could be just really playing for themselves. Just say, hey, we're on the right path. We understand what we got. Let's go out and finish the season strong. That's all they have. AM has so much more to play for than that. And that's why the focus needs to be on this week 15, week, yeah, 16, whatever you really want to call it, conference championship plus game weekend. Because if it's not, then the reality is their mind is set somewhere else. One play. Could ruin the game. P.O.P. A&M needs to have precision on point. Coming up on tomorrow's Locked on Aggies, let's go look at the defense. Mike Elko's squad has been one of the best units in college football. Definitely one of the best in the SEC. And they have one more test going into a prove-it weekend. Let's discuss exactly what they can prepare for, how they plan on stopping the Volunteers' offense, and what to watch for with players on the rise. Don't go anywhere and make sure you listen to all that and so much more wherever you download your Locked on Aggie podcasting. All right, let me set the scene for you. It's a late Thursday night. You got to get up early for work on Friday morning. You stayed up way too late watching an overtime game, and now you're crashing. Sometimes the biggest thing in life is you have to break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, but you have to make sure you do it and get going every day. That's why I recommend to go start your day off right with Bilko from the great people who make Built Bar. It's only 1.5 ounces, and you can put it in your briefcase to get you focused through your presentation, get you through a class day of schoolwork. It also can help you get loaded to go work out at the gym. Plus, it's like a five-hour energy with the same crash feeling with natural nutrients, so it's actually better for your body than something like a Bang or a Red Bull. It's just like drinking a Monster Energy drink with a third of the caffeine and with better results, plus with three delicious flavors, including peanut butter, honey, coconut chocolate, and chocolate mint, you will always have a variety to choose from. Built Go combines collagen protein with energy gel. And collagen protein is fast absorbing, getting in your system so much faster and is easier on your stomach than acidic drinks. It's made with the good stuff. Beta alanine, B3, honey, B6, B12, and just enough kick of caffeine to get your day going off right. Plus, if you didn't know, collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So, for someone like me, who has the face for radio, it definitely is something that will make me look better. Go visit BillGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BillGo.com. Stop coming up with excuses and find a way to break through your wall every day with BillGo. Let's go. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson on Locked on Aggies. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you're probably a fan of basketball. So, NBA fans, listen up. The Locked on NBA podcast is getting back in action, ready to start off the regular season with a special week of team preview podcast all week long. Plus, waiver wire editions from Locked on Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch for draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning in to watch all the previews of the Houston Rockets. You should be listening wherever you get your local podcast listening devices. Subscribe to Locked on NBA from iTunes, Spotify, and LockedOnPodcast.com. 
So, again, the focus is supposed to be on this upcoming game against Tennessee. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people want to talk about the college football playoff because A&M still is in the position. They're number five. They're not like number 12 trying to see a bunch of other teams fall in front of them. They're right there, and it's in the taking. But Fisher, again, is pulling Nick Saban, which sometimes actually works a lot better than a lot of people think it does because what it allows is media to write whatever they want. It's an old coaching trick that you've seen, and trust me, if you've worked around Nick Saban, and I did for two years, you'll know exactly what it means. Write what you want. It doesn't really matter what you want. It doesn't really matter what you say. And when you're a disciple of Nick Saban, that's kind of what happens. So, Fisher was asked another question about it. Here's what he said about lobbying for his team getting into the postseason. We have first questions that are pointed at that time when, it, when after the season's over. If we're in position to be able to do that, We'll make our own comments and do the things we do. But listen, the folks on that committee, they know what they're doing, how they're doing it, and all the lobbying. It becomes good social media to me, but and I don't know how much it really works when you get right down to it. Those people know what they're doing, how they're going to do it, how they're going to pick it. We have to take care of what we play with on the field and give them a good, give them a good argument. If if we need an argument, we need an argument by how we play, not by what we say. Again, it's a fan poll. That's all it is. I mean, that's why you see A and M fans arguing hard. For the Aggies, but it's why on the flip side, you see Buckeyes fans and Trojans fans being right in the middle of the conversation as well. Because at the end of the day, it is a fan poll. The college football player committee is the only one that knows exactly what they're going to be looking for, exactly what they want, and exactly what they think should represent the conference. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I look at when I see this, you know, argument of lobbying and talking about what we should expect from you know, so-and-so, and, and, you know, why A&M should be in here. At the end of the day, I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a high-tempo offense, you are in a great spot to be successful. If you have an average offense and a great defense, you are in a good spot. People want to see high-scoring games. They want to see acrobatic plays. They want to see guys laughing at defenders as they're walking or waltzing or trotting into the end zone at a pretty much funeral pace. That's what fans want, and that's what the college football playoff committee is going to give them. You look at that game against UCLA, and USC had one dude bounce off, what, nine defenders to get to the end zone? I forget his name. Uh, Not Drew Holland, but... You know, great pass from Slovis. That should have been a 20-yard game. It went for like a 62-yard touchdown. That's why USC is in the conversation. Because they do that stuff. Alabama and Notre Dame, they're in the conversation for the sheer fact that they're undefeated. Clemson's in the conversation because of Reppard. Ohio State's in the conversation because Ohio State, for the last year, even in the game against Indiana, has had one of the best offenses in football. Justin Fields has three interceptions on the year. They all came in one game against the uh, Big Ten's best defense. One game. And that's it. And that's really it. I have nothing against any of those teams. But the College Football Playoff Committee knows what they want. And they mentioned it before. This is exactly what we think needs to fit. And if it doesn't fit, you know, the narrative, we're not going to put you in. Guess what? They didn't fit the narrative. That's why AM is four, and that's why at five, that's why Ohio State's four. 
Before we go, I mentioned this earlier on the podcast this week, and I said that I believe, personally, it was Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies who got Gus Malzahn fired from Auburn. Gus Malzahn is a Texas boy. He's grown up here. He's coached here. He knows the area very well. He knows exactly the stomping grounds. He knows the hidden gems. And Fisher, since arriving at A&M, has come back and taken Texas for the Aggies, for the SEC West. It's now A&M territory with, of course, other teams getting involved. But A&M has taken back Texas. Fortunately, that means when you don't have all the pieces, somebody's going to lose their job. That's where Malzahn ended up. He couldn't beat Alabama consistently. He couldn't win recruiting in his own state that he called. And he couldn't win recruiting in the state that he called home for years before. So this was Jimbo Fisher's thoughts on the firing of Gus Malzahn earlier this week. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. I think, again, I think I still say a lot of good things about Gus. He's a great person, first of all. Very good person. I think he's an excellent football coach. Does a great job. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't know why or that's none of my business or what, what the thoughts are. I just know he's very successful, really good person, great for this game. And, uh, you know, it's very tough. He's 6-4 and four with an SEC schedule. If you're not playing 10 games there and you go, and maybe you're – Five and three, and you win the other. You're nine and three, ten and two. You know, I mean, that that's what happens with a conference schedule. It makes it very tough. And uh, but it's a very competitive league, and it's and it's it's very demanding. He's had great success in this league. Been here a long time. And you hate to see that in this business, but I'm, I mean that it, it they that's their choice and what they do. I'm sure Gus will be very fine, and he's a heck of a person and a heck of a football coach. And I hate it. That's just the reality of it. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Unfortunately, it's just like what I said when uh, Will Muschamp was fired. You don't want to lose your friends or someone that you truly respect because of it's always that kind of backlash, back and forth conversation. But if you win too many games, you get your friend fired. It looks like that because of what Fisher has done in the SEC in just three years. He got this win over Auburn. Auburn had a lot more struggles besides this. I mean, the South Carolina loss was bad. But they had a lot more struggles besides this. This is still just a monumental loss for the SEC, for an SEC program. And it's very clear that Fisher was not sold on him being the problem. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasting, iTunes, Spotify, or LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow, let's talk about the defense. How can this unit under Mike Elko prepare for Tennessee? What do we need to look at? Where are some areas of improvement we could see? Plus, hear from DeMarvin Leal. See you then. And remember, give him y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.